suck it in because you know when you're not where you want to be yet or things aren't working out like you want them to I mean you have a couple choices to make you can sit there and cry and have a pity party or you can grow learn do those trainings you sh that that's when you're busy you can't do I mean now you, you you need to keep your head in the game Welcome to Decision Point, a podcast about overcoming adversity in sales and the growth that we experience in the process. I'm Brad Siemens. On today's episode of Decision Point, we'll be continuing the conversation between Brad and Nicole Junker. If you missed part one of the conversation between Brad and Nicole Junker, you can check that out on the last episode of Decision Point. So you guys are building these houses. What what happened? How many houses do you buy and flip? You got a good, you know, I know flipping houses and real estate's really hot right now. So, well, what we do, and like, I thought one question Brad might ask me because I feel like this always gets what books do you read? I hate reading. I actually don't. Like <laughs> I don't read books. But what I did is I listened to podcasts, and Bigger Pockets podcast is one I love. It's a real estate one. It's investing, but they have a term called house hacking, where you live in the house. And you do the work while you live in it and then you resell it or you rent it out to like buddies that, you know, if, you know, you're single and you can rent rooms or whatever, right. let them pay your mortgage. So we would house hack. I don't even think we knew we were house hacking, but we would just buy a house that needed some help and we would live in it. And I mean, it was not uncommon to have, you know, we're down to studs or paint on your hands when you're headed into the office. Cause that was kind of like a hobby, third income, personal interest. Um, I don't, it evolved. Like, I don't think we knew we were like going to be doing this, but then we sold the first one and made a great profit on it. And it was like, Oh, okay, well let's just keep doing that. So, um, by this time I'd been home and a third baby had come and then we moved into another house in upper Arlington and another one that needed some work. Um, kind of just went to town designing and figuring out what are we doing with this and I mean didn't anticipate a lot of changes that came from there but they did so went through some personal trouble with the marriage and did some work on the marriage got counseling and and got more invested with some friends through church and just went through some rocky there and then we had the opportunity to move to New Jersey with his work so we ended up moving out there and got another fixer upper in New Jersey. So, so pump the brakes there. You're you're a you're Midwestern girl. You basically spent your whole entire life in the Midwest. I got a couple of clients from Jersey, from the East Coast. I know it's different. So what's what what, what what? Tell me about your experience. How about I love New Jersey. Awesome. What what do you like about? What do you love about it? Oh, everything. Well, first of all, in college, I had gone to France for a semester, and then I had actually lived in Boston for a semester. And then my brother went to West Point on the East Coast, so we spent time out there. And um, I had this whole fetish about going to New York in college. Like, I always just wanted to go East. I That's my place. Like, if I thought of a place I identify with in a region, it's New England. So is it the, is it the like, the downtown, busy? Yeah. Okay. Like, What's the plan? We're doing it now. I love the Brooklyn Italian vibe. And uh, we were about 15 minutes from the coast. And I also, on a personal note, loved garden. So it's called the Garden State. Come on. No joke. I had a great garden going on there. And I just really liked the people. They're very um, accommodating and warm, but direct and right now. 
So I get all that. So, so you were, so you were loving it. Did you, uh, now are you living downtown or are you living in a suburb? No, we lived in a suburb called Freehold, which was about not shy of an hour south of New York City and about 15 minutes from the shore. So it was not the armpit of America. It was like horse farms and gardening, like lush. <laughs> it's pretty rural. New Jersey's pretty rural. Yeah, that's awesome. It's not It's not Jersey Shores. I, I, it's uh, not all Jersey City. Yeah. <laughs> So, no, it was great. I love New Jersey. I, I still wasn't working there. So the whole time in New Jersey, I, I wasn't working. I was home with kids. And again, like we already talked about to me, that is like, okay, now I'm doing like these moms groups. I'm doing, I'm, I'm very plugged in and active and social. So um, then when we moved to New Jersey, thought about maybe one more baby, you know, that always been a good, a good time in our marriage. And you know what, maybe, maybe one more. So I, got pregnant and we go to the doctor and I was told there's a baby in there and sent home with a photo go back a couple weeks later they want to do another ultrasound I'm like why do they want to do that they just they just want to make a buck like what's the plan we don't need another ultrasound oh my gosh okay fine I'll do it your way she does the ultrasound I look over at the monitor and it's just silent have they talked to you I'm like no I think it's going to be some bad news here and I look over and I just see two big black holes and I'm like, oh my God, that is not, there's two babies in there. So they missed it the first time. And then the next time I went in there, by the way, this is twins. So now I'm pregnant with twins and I've got three babies who are literally um, four, three and two. And I'm pregnant with twins and I've got no family out there. None of that's happening. So... I said, okay, this is a plot twist. Well, I do hard things. You can't make yourself have twins if you want them. They just have to happen no matter what happens. So this must be the plan. Okay, I can't refute it. I'm gonna have twins. My goal now is to not have the twins early to make it full term. Now, is that common for twins to go early? Oh yeah. Okay. So my goal was just like, no, Nikki, just get them home. Just, just me come home with the babies that day. And again, this whole mom thing is just, you kind of just have to die to yourself literally. And right now my goal is to bring twins home. And that's, that's my whole goal. So I went through that pregnancy and it was fine. There's no horror story, but at the end it's, it is hard to have two huge children in your stomach and do regular things. (laughs) But so that's what happened. Had the twins there. We love the house, did lots of work on the house, floors, walls, and trim, redesigned the kitchen, wall down, new doors. I mean, we, we gutted the house and redid that. So that's always a fun outlet too. And then the twins have just had their second birthday in New Jersey, got bad news about the marriage. So now it is... We're kind of back to some of the struggles we've been through in Ohio. So now it's time to make a decision here. We have a turning point. What is the plan? This is not panning out the way I thought it was going to go. I have five babies, literally. I mean, one's in kindergarten. No one else is even in school yet. So I am literally at home with five kids at my feet on the floor, cleaning up food under a high chair three times a day. I'm in New Jersey and I'm like, Okay, what's gonna what, what are we gonna do? I'm gonna need support. I'm gonna need help. 
I can't, I can't be out here managing this house alone. Well, what would I do? The only thing that would make sense would be to move near my family. When my sister had moved to Carmel and they had moved now, up from the South. Is she, was she in Ohio as well? Was she not in Indiana? My twin sister had moved south with her family for 10 years because her husband's an army. So they had been like Fort Bragg. And, um, and then I have another brother who had gone to West Point and deployed a bunch. So he was doing that. And then my, my fourth brother was, uh, he's younger. He was doing pharmacy at Butler and he was still in Indy doing, going through school. So my parents had four great kids, real close family, and everybody was doing their own thing. I'd had five kids away. My sister had three kids away. My brother was like overseas. Um, and this is probably not the way my parents thought their life was going to go. But Danielle and Brett had moved back, thought, you know what? We ought to live by family. So they ended up moving back and chose Carmel randomly because good schools, good life. 18 months later, I have all this news happening in my personal life. So I'm like, you know what? I got to, um, I'm going to have to move to Carmel. So I said, you know what, we are going to, we're going to move by mom's family and we are going to set up shop. So I put the kids in the car and I put the roof carrier on and one of my best friends, one of my girlfriends that I had made, made the drive with me and we moved in my sister's basement and set up shop with the kids and school started 13 days later. And I said, well, you guys are starting at a new school. It's going to be wonderful. And so now all the cousins sit in class together at Cherry Tree and have the same teachers. It's wonderful. My parents moved up. They live across in the neighborhood across from where I live. My brother moved to Carmel and my other brother just had their second baby and he's in, he goes to um, IU medical school. So, so did you dust off the, when you decide, okay, we, you know, I've got to move back to Indianapolis. Hey kids, we're going to get in the car. Um, you have a turning point. You decide you're going to make a change. Are you at that point, are you What's the process of getting the real estate license? Had you already at kept that? that? Point, no, at that point, I ended up living in, with my sister in the basement for five months and looking for a house and crying my eyes out and figuring out what am I doing next? How is this working? This is not the way I saw my life going. I don't have a plan. My whole plan that I had for my life isn't that plan anymore. So what I did is I got a counselor and I went to some pretty good counseling for a year and I just kind of dealt with all the feelings I was going through. I dealt through the change, the grief of what you like, what you thought your life was going to be. You have to grieve what you thought, what you thought it was going to be like. You have to grieve how it is and you have to grieve your loss of what it was. So I just kind of, honestly, I was, I had the fortune of taking that year and just kind of dealing with the reality and sitting in the reality, which is really hard to do, but I just felt the feelings and I, I really was kind of in the muck and I didn't try to run away and I didn't fill it up with anything else. I kind of just like felt those feelings. So throughout that process and going through like the counseling and thinking and just kind of being in that moment, I just, it, it's a lot of who am I? It's, it's a lot of getting back to who I was maybe before kids too. Like, well, who am I? What am I good at? What could I do? Who am I now? Now I have a new reality. Okay, this is your life. You've got five kids. You didn't have that before. So what can you do with five kids? You're probably not traveling to Peru for a week. You're probably not going out to business dinners at night. And, you know, I don't have the flexibility or freedom at this time. Well, what can I do? So I told the real estate agent, I can only be in my sister's elementary. 
It has to be the same one. So now I've got a good support system. My kids can get off the bus at her house or my house. My parents have moved in across the neighborhood. Great. My neighborhood is wonderful and connected to the elementary school. So my kids are set up for success there, which I am so thankful for, but didn't necessarily plan, but somebody planned it for me and it worked out. Life happened well for me in that sense. So I told the agent, just, I want a house that needs some help. I don't need it to be broken, but I'd love something cosmetically that, that I need to update about it. So that's a whole nother story. I won't even get into it. Perfect timing. I find this home became friends with the old homeowner and I brought a contractor in here and I said, I need a house that works on day one. I need the, I need the kitchen to look like summer camp. I need cubbies for six kids. I know what I need. I need that to be here. And I was able to um, come in this house and do the floors, the walls, design, paint. I mean, just make it set up for my life. And I got that creative outlet and I was also going through all those counseling I talked about. And I was just like, you know, who am I? What am I good at? What, what do I like? Is this a me thing? Is this a him thing? Is this a we thing? Or is this something I like? And I would get a lot of positive feedback from friends I was having over. And I thought, no, I mean, this is what I love. Oh my gosh. Like some of those things that I had put on the back burner, like the real estate and all that, I think it's time. I think it's time. Okay. The twins are now three. So prior to that, you're not working, right? You're just coming. You're just, uh, that first year I was just regular mom life here and just, I transplanted my life and just did the same thing I knew how to do. And frankly, I mean, the babies were too. So, I mean, we were going through it and I was just provided stability for my kids at a huge time of transition in their life. So again, I just said, you know, it's not my time. My time right now is to transition them correctly. I don't know what is next for me, but right now this is what I need to do. Um, which is kind of not easy to kind of like just not do anything and know that you can't do anything and don't know what it is, but you know, it's not that. So you just can't do it. So it was honestly a hard year between just not knowing what was next and not knowing how I was headed there and kind of going through all the feelings from the divorce. But don't we grow stronger in those times? Like it's crazy when you look back and you realize how much you grow, like someone at, at North, actually stopped me. She's become a friend. But she said, you're in the valley and the grass is greenest and most lush in the valley. You can't see out of the valley, but when you get to the mountain, you'll look back and be so thankful for your time in the valley. You'll be well fed. You'll remember how green it was down there and you'll have the view, but you'll know where you came from. And I thought, I am in the valley right now. I am going to eat green grass. It sucks and it doesn't feel good, but I know that she's right. So I, that's my point. I really just... I tried to really grow and learn in myself. Now, are you, are you grateful? And so, you know, so part of this is like, when I look at part of the podcast, one of the reasons why I, I think adversity is something that we like to shy away from. But when you look back on this, on the adversity, if you were to get out a mat, if you get out a piece of paper and kind of draw a timeline, um, I, I think adversity is the thing that causes you to be, uh, the most real to like really understand yourself and are really moments that you should cherish, whether they're, uh, I know for me, you know, some of the most adverse times are probably some of the most spiritual highs that I've had, um, but also are times that have made me uh, that, that I that I just I just enjoy the struggle. Like I enjoy having those those moments. Um, do you feel that same way? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're thankful for them. We're supposed to rejoice in those times. And, you know, you can't and you know, you shouldn't. But like you also 
have been through a couple things where you know now's the time. And so it doesn't make it less painful or sad or hard to be in those times, but you kind of know, like, it's kind of like when you're really hungry at the lobby of the restaurant and you're kind of just like freaking going off on everybody around you, like, I'm hungry. And you get that first bite of food. I'm feeling so good. How was your guys' day? You need to keep it together when you're hungry because you're going to look back and wish that you did things different. So I think I just knew that at the time, like now's the time I know it, it's, it's hard, but now's the time to really like suck it in because you know, when you're not where you want to be yet, or things aren't working out like you want them to. I mean, you have a couple choices to make. You can sit there and cry and have a pity party, or you can grow, learn, do those trainings you sh that that's when you're busy, you can't do. I mean, now you, you, you need to keep your head in the game. One, you said that you tried to anticipate the questions I was going to ask you. So what did you think I was going to ask oh. you? Um, you hit the reading one. So no, no reading, but podcast. But I wanted to ask you, is listening to a podcast and reading a book, do you consider that to be different or the same thing? Same. Yeah, I consider it to be the same too. I mean, you seem naturally curious. Not same, but same. I mean, what's your reality? Do you have time to sit by a fire and read a book? Because I don't, but I'm at the kitchen sink a lot and I can have a podcast in. So I think just that's my reality. Yeah. I love yeah, hearing I, people. I think about what, um, what podcast do you listen to? You got, you said bigger, you said you're heavy on the bigger pockets. I love bigger pockets. And then I'm not going to lie. This is just a guilty pleasure, but I love the bachelor. And there's one called uh, the bachelor party and these girls just chit chat. And I just love, I feel like I'm in a coffee shop with them. So that's my like fun one. I just do sometime. It's really funny. There was a, there was a gal that was, that I had uh, was, so I had hired a gal. This is right. So this is a batch the gal that will end up on the bachelorette. So I hired a gal and then I got in a car accident the next day. And so getting in the car accident put me out of um, commission. So it sort of foiled her. Uh, it, it, I say it set her on the path to be on the bachelorette, but, uh, or on the bachelor, I she was on the bachelor, but I uh, was flipping through the channels one day and I'm like, Holy crap. I, I know that person. Um, so her name was Kristen Whitney. So it was kind of funny that I was like, I'm just like sitting there. My wife knew who she was too, because she had met her. And so it was, uh, it was funny to see, or, you know, it was interesting to see. So the bachelor, all right, I got, I, I got it. What other questions did you think I was going to ask you that I, is there anything that you thought I was going to ask you that I didn't? Not really. I figured you, I mean, you told me the topic was adversity. So I was just thinking you would probably mindset through adversity, I guess. Yeah. No, look, there are so many good, um, there are so many good takeaways. You did a, you did a great job and uh, you covered so many great to topics. You're really a good, I know you laughed when I said you're a good storyteller, but you're, you're a great storyteller. You had me on my, on my seat a couple of times. I was trying to figure out where you were going to go. Um, and uh, so many good takeaways. So um, is there anything you're uh, anything you wish I'd asked that I didn't? No, not really. I mean, just to cap it out the story though. I mean, I got my real estate license and then I thought, what am I doing? And I sat and I had coffees for a year. I just sat with people and said, um, you know, what was your life or what's your day like? What do you do? I met with lenders. I met with, and I still, this is part of my, um, my, my routine. I will have probably three to seven coffees a week and just talk my way through Hamilton County. I like, I really value 
so like I don't really read I just talk I don't really do podcasts sometimes I just talk like I really like stuff like this and just personally connecting with people I think that fills me up a lot and I think I get a lot of my ideas about business and life just by like talking with other people yeah it's it's amazing what you can find out by just being being a good listener so yeah so then I met um the guy I work with now, Alan Williams. And I said, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to sell real estate, I'm going to be, a, I'm only wanting to work with a hard hitter. So I pretty much just interviewed top agents. And I said, I, I know myself, if I sign up, I'm going to do it. So I, I uh, thought about the realities, you know, there's a lot of naysayers. How are you going to show houses? How are you going to do things? And you know, how, how, how can you do that with your home life? So, so who's, na- who's naysaying you? Like who's telling you, you can't do this. (laughs) It's just, I think with real estate, that's the number one people think, oh my gosh, like, aren't you always working on weekends? Aren't you always working nights? Don't you just have to go and like be at an appointment in like 10 minutes? No, 90% of your work is planned. 90% of your appointments or work are on your phone or planned appointments on your phone or computer or just work that you're doing, busy work. Actually, you don't realize how much they do. The only thing that you can't control are some showings with buyers and that's kind of it. Everything else has a lead time and you have an appointment written down in your calendar for it. So I just quit listening to that. And I said, no, I can do it. I have a great support system. Um, and I set up my, I set up my support system in a way that works and I, it hasn't affected my business at all. Well, I think that was really key. I, I, we lived in North Carolina for a while, had a couple kids, had four kids out in North Carolina, not all out there, but we really overestimated or underestimated the importance of family and having a good support system. So I think that's so great that you acknowledge, and maybe that was out of necessity um, that, you, that you decided you had to do that. But I think that's super important uh, is, is having, having kids, having family around, uh, being conscious of trying to, uh, you know, before you move, uh, thinking about how that's going to impact all the kind of intricacies of your kids and who they interact with. Because when you're in another state and you don't have, I mean, you just take it for granted, like, hey, you're going to grab, go to the store and you need somebody to take care of the kids while you go grab milk. I mean, it's hard to do that. Um, we lived in North Carolina. There was like a monopoly on babysitters. There was some crazy math that they would do. And I felt like every babysitting trip was 250 bucks. I mean, I'm like, really? We're just trying to go to the store for like 15 minutes. Y'all are going to charge me $250? So I don't disagree with that. <laughs> so that's uh, that's awesome. Well, and my kids' ages now, like so. Basically, last year the twins were four, still home, and I really started that as my transition ramp up year. So I started working last year, and then they go to kindergarten in the fall. So all this has been a roll into like me uh, really hitting the ground running with like absolute full time. But you can't control it, and it's been going really well. So. That's, that's awesome. What, what was the biggest, so you're in selling, can you remember the first deal, the first real estate deal you sold? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. I was so thankful and I was like, this is really happening. And I think real estate's one of those industries where a lot of people just try something to not be doing what they're doing. Oh, I don't, I just want to try something. I think I could do that. That, that seems like easy and cool. But for me, it was like, this is something I've been waiting to do. And I just couldn't wait to, I was finally getting to do what I wanted to do. That's, that's, no, that's, that's a good insight. You're right. Uh, Real estate's this thing that people are, they're doing one thing and they're like, oh, I could do, I could get my real estate license. I could try that. 
I can do that. Well, that so so you know, I don't know where, where you're at on your your leaderboard, but I'm guessing based on our conversation, you're probably hot, uh, one of the top in the office. Um, do you think some of that comes from having uh, just a? I mean, you seem like you just have a plan and you grab everything by the horns. Um, I think you. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's like. <sighs> It's kind of a cross between I have like always have a strategy and I always just actually like people. I actually just really love talking with people and being around people and helping people and caring for people. And I actually mean that. But then I also love the business side. So for me, real estate has been the perfect mix of I actually cannot believe I'm helping you at such a special time in your life where you're transacting your home. And then you get to turn around and do straight up negotiation with the agents and then you have a lender network you're working with, so you're working that business. It's just been the perfect mix of personal and business. And uh, I think you actually have to care about your clients to, to succeed in this in, the, in, the, in this industry. No, that's awesome. Well, it sounds like you found yourself in a really good in a really good spot. And um, do you? I guess a couple questions I have for you. How long is the real estate market staying hot? What's the What's the forecast? Well, right now it's like, I think people want to liken it to like, there's going to be a big fallout, but right now the buyers that we have are all qualified. People are sitting with, with lending situations that are very available or cash. So we have a lot of qualified buyers that are just not finding homes. So I think it's going to continue. So, I mean, I don't see an end in sight. It might slow down a little bit just with time of year, seasonal weather, you know, kids getting back to school, that kind of thing. But as far as inventory, we still have no inventory, so that's not gonna that's not gonna change for a while. Well, this was this was great. I really pre- you know thanks for coming on. This was awesome. Like I said, there are a lot of really good takeaways. This was a great interview. As always, uh, if you want more information on the podcast, go to monsterconnect.com forward slash podcast. Uh, you can get last season's uh, last year's episodes. You can get all the new episodes for this year. And as always, remember, don't let what you can't do interfere with what you can. Until next time.